1: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.
2: He'll split the D. He'll stop. Connor McDavid. What a rush! Dry side, brings it up top of the circle over to Barry. What timer? Go!
1: Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams.
2: This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. Well, on a day
1: like today, suddenly offering people canned hams to download the Inside Sports podcast doesn't seem so absurd. We are taking you into the long weekend. Thanks for starting it here. I have the CFL game on the television. Final play of the first quarter. Lewis Ward kicks a field goal for Ottawa. They're only points of the quarter. Montreal leads that game 10-3. On Sunday, it is going to be Winnipeg and Saskatchewan. On Monday, Toronto and Hamilton. And then right here on 6:30, Ched, the Elks at the Stampeders. 12:30 for the countdown to kick off. The game is going to start at 2:30. Both teams desperate for a victory. Edmonton is one and two. Calgary is one and three. So trying to keep pace with the top three clubs in the West Division. BC sitting there at two and two. They are not playing this weekend. And as I mentioned, Saskatchewan and Winnipeg on top. Saskatchewan three and oh, Winnipeg three and one. They're going to play each other on Sunday in what should be a really good showdown. All right. Uh, Other things to tell you about here. And we're going to talk to Eddie Steele as we move along tonight who uh, was pretty blunt last week about his belief that there was uh, some disconnect, some strife in the Elks' locker room in the uh, wake of their COVID outbreak. He's going to hop on tonight to follow up on the COVID story and give some Labor Day memories and uh, look ahead to the matchup on Monday. And how about this? Between 7 and 7.30, mark this in your day timer or just scribble it on your hand as a reminder. Calvin McCarty is going to be on the show for the first time as a member of the Calgary stampede. So he was on a lot when he wore the double E and uh, we had him on shortly after he retired. He's back. He's playing for Calgary. Of course, came out of retirement just before the season. He has not yet played a game. We'll see if he gets in on Monday. Can also tell you, it looks like Bo Levi Mitchell is going to be healthy to play that game at quarterback for the stampede. The National Hockey League going back to the Olympics. They did not play in South Korea in 2018. It was uh, officially announced today. We kind of knew this was coming. John Shannon had indicated it on Oilers now with Bob Stoffer. The NHL players will play in Beijing in 2022. Uh, of course, from an Oilers perspective, I, I think you could sit here and say there are two guys who are absolute shoe-ins to play in the Olympics. Connor McDavid for Canada and Leon Dreisaitl for Germany. Interesting side note here Canada and Germany are in the same four team pool for the Olympics. So, uh, McDavid and Drysett will go head to head in the Olympic tournament. That would be pretty fun. Other uh, Oilers players that might have uh, a chance to make the team if they have exceptional seasons, um, you know, maybe Darnell Nurse, maybe Zach Hyman, depend on on how things go. If he is with McDavid, if maybe that's just a uh, a forward combo that, that the Canadian brass would decide to keep together. Uh, I, I mean, I think you would put Nuge as a long shot, but if he has an outstanding season, maybe he would have a chance. Um, You know, Yessi Pugliarvi, will he have a chance to play for Finland? Um, Kyler Yamamoto for the States. uh, I would say he would have to have an exceptional season to work his way in there. But just some other names to uh, keep an eye on as we move closer and closer to the Olympics. So that's the, the big news from the hockey world today. The NHL players will participate in the Olympics in 2022. Baseball today, Blue Jays at home. To the Oakland Athletics, and it's uh, Oakland leading that one two nothing in the fourth. Updating the golf tournament as well, and uh, this is the this is the one where how you started the tournament was based on how you had done throughout the season. It's the top thirty players from the season. Well, Patrick Cantley got to go into the tournament with a, an already a score of ten under par and uh, a two shot lead. On Tony Finau, three-shot lead on uh, Bryson DeChambeau, and on and on down it went to players 26 through 30, started the tournament at even par. So here's how we are after two days. This is at Eastlake Golf Club Tour Championship in Atlanta. You have Cantlay now at 17 under and John Rahm at 16 under. John Rahm actually has the low score for the tournament in terms of actual strokes taken, but Cantley benefiting from the uh, bonus of starting 10 under par. So right now it is Cantley 17 under ROM 16 under, and they've separated a little bit. Deschambeau is 11 under Justin Thomas 10 under and uh, a whole group of players sitting at nine under par. So that's what's going on with that tournament. All right. Elks, Stampeders. We're finally going to see the Elks play. I mentioned it's an important game. Offensive lineman Matt O'Donnell echoes that statement.
0: Uh, well, the cliche answer is always just you know one game at a time, one play at a time, one rep at a time. It definitely it's uh, it means more. to uh, West Division opponent, in province rivals. You know, we have had some difficulty down there, but we've also won some games down there. Back in our 2015 Great Cup run, we won down there. It's tough to win on the road in the CFL. Everyone wants to defend their home turf. Every team comes out in training camp and says, hey, undefeated at home. That's step one. Undefeated at home, win the division, win the great cup. That's what it is. So everyone's got to defend their home turf as hard as they can. But uh, we got to come out. we got to be poised, next man up, limit the mistakes, limit the turnovers, take advantage of them when we can.
1: All right. So – Plenty of uh, Labor Day prep over the weekend. The Elks will practice again tomorrow, head down to Calgary on Sunday, and then uh, the game coming up on Monday afternoon, and then the rematch is next Saturday at uh, Commonwealth Stadium. Remember, the vaccination policy for games at Commonwealth Stadium is not in place for next Saturday's game. It is not in place for the following Saturday's game on the 18th when the Elks take on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. It will be in place when the Bombers are back in Commonwealth on Friday, October 15th. And one of the many stories for the Elks this week, the rescheduling of the game against the Toronto Argos. So it's going to be a brutal... Final week of the season for the Elks. On November 13th, they will play at Saskatchewan. On Tuesday, November 16th, they will play at Toronto. That's the rescheduled game. And then on Friday, the 19th, they'll be uh, back at it against the BC Lions. So three games in seven days.
0: O'Donnell looks at that. Recovery is uh, paramount. Um, I've learned as I get older, recovery between games is uh, the most important thing you can do. You know, the kind of fuel you put in your body, the kind of sleep you get, the kind of recovery you do, stretching, working out you know, massage therapy, all that good stuff. So we're really going to have to, you know, be in the film room as much as we can. I'm not sure if we're going to get full practices in, but uh, as a player, you know, I voted yes on it. I know the uh, I know the situation, I know the potential for it, but uh, we're trying to get in as many games as we can, and we're just uh, super happy that we got the chance to make it up.
1: All right, so three games in seven days, uh, almost unheard of in modern-day Canadian football. Dave Campbell and I were talking last night that Ottawa had a stretch of uh, three and nine in a recent season, but three and seven for the Elks. So Donald
0: says, well, if you got to do it, you might as well embrace it. That kind of takes me back. I used to play high school football and TV football. I used to have like January Saturdays and Sundays, right? You play like two games one day and one game the next or three, three half games in a day because you're playing a couple of teams locally and stuff like that, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. Feels like that Winnipeg game, longest, what, professional football game in pro history. This is going to be something uh, to set the record with. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. We're grateful for the opportunity to be able to get out there and play it. We've got presented the facts. We know all about the player safety. We're given some extra roster spots from what I understand, and the players all got to vote on it. And it was pretty unanimous that uh, we want the opportunity to make up the game.
1: All right, so that is a little bit from the big guy, Matt O'Donnell from the Elks offensive line, as they get to set, uh, set to take on the Calgary Stampeders. Hey, hope you're doing well. Reed Wilkins with you, coming to you from my basement, of course. Got the football game on the television. Looking forward to watching all the Labor Day action over the weekend. We will have a live edition of Inside Sports after the Labor Day game on Monday. I think we're scheduled to start at 6.30 uh, barring uh, the, the, the usual timing of, of the game so we'll be with you for live from 6.30 to 8 so that will be fun to break down the game and bring you a couple of special guests as well. I'm always happy to hear from you. The phone number is 780-496-0063 If you're calling, it's on the hotline presented by CertainTeed, professional grade building materials. If you use the old-fashioned form of communication known as email, it is inside sports at 630ched.com and you can Follow me on my very boring Twitter account at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. It S. It is six sixteen. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chat.
2: Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law.
1: Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is Inside Sports on Oilers and Elks Radio 630. Chad, we got the big Elks game coming up for you on Monday. We are counting down to have an Oilers action back on the radio. Training camp is, uh, my goodness, it's less than three weeks away, September 22nd. And we're going to have a preseason game for you on the radio on September 26th. That'll be the Oilers at the Flames. First home game for the Oilers in the exhibition schedule. will be against the Seattle Kraken it's tentacle time that's going to be on the uh 28th eight games in the preseason for the edmonton oilers and then it starts for real well exhibition games are real they just don't count in the standings it's not like a fake simulated game the first game that counts in the standings the regular season as they call it is wednesday october 13th against vancouver a lot to uh to look forward to i know it's uh not a pleasant time in the world and unfortunately, a lot of the uh, COVID stories are, are crossing over with the world of sports. But we will try to uh, keep this show as, uh, as upbeat as we can for you and and focus on pure sports as much as we can. Though, like I said, there, there is crossover with uh, a lot of other things going on in the world, including this announcement today by Canada West. That's the U Sports Conference in which the U of A Golden Bears and Pandas play. Canada West announced this afternoon that it is a, adopting a proof of vaccination policy for the upcoming season unanimously approved by the conference's board of directors. So this means that all Canada West participants will uh, have to receive a uh, first dose of a vaccine by September 9th, which is, Thursday and a second dose no later than October 17th. Uh, Now this, when they say it is participants in Canada West, this includes all the student athletes, coaches, managers, medical staff, strength and conditioning coaches, event staff, and officials who uh, will be in attendance at competitions. We had Ian Herbers on the show earlier this week, the head coach of the U of A Golden Bears, who said that uh, his team uh, already done, already checked all those boxes when it comes to vaccinations um, uh, I, I would think the U of A uh, football team is is at that point already, if not, uh, if, if if is there, if is close, if not already there, I should say. And uh, I, I certainly have heard for the last couple of weeks that uh, if Canada West didn't announce this as a conference, the U of A was going to announce it as a school for their athletes. And uh, that already the uh, vast majority, and I'm talking vast majority of, of uh, athletes and participants had uh, already complied or, or were on the verge of complying. So uh, a little bit of news there from Canada West from U Sports that will affect the Golden Bears and Pandas. Five minutes into the second quarter now in Ottawa. It is 13 3. The Alouettes leading the Red Blacks. And uh, Montreal just running here for a first down up to about their own fifty. Kellen Kennedy is back at the six thirty Chad broadcasting compound. Kellen, old boy, how are you doing? Doing good on this Friday night. How are you doing, Reed? Are you working the football match on
2: Monday? No, but I will be watching it uh from somewhere. Undisclosed, well, you took a day to the secret location. Get Labor
1: Day off. <laughs> yes. You scoundrel! All right. Well, I hope you enjoy the game.
2: <laughs> Should be a good one.
1: I hope so. I'm a little worried about the Elks, to be honest with you. We'll talk about that with Eddie Steele coming up. They have looked. Um, well, I mean, they're one and two. So the, sometimes you might say, "Well, they're better than the record." I mean, to me, you you are your record. They uh, couldn't get a touchdown against Ottawa. They were beaten pretty badly against Montreal. I, I do think they outplayed BC for most of the game. There were a couple of blips in the second half that I think prevented them from putting the game away earlier than than they wound up doing it. But, uh, you know, Calgary has... Uh, not started the season well. I, I, I think they've, uh, the replacement quarterback did okay, but Bo Levi Mitchell's likely back on Monday, and we know what an excellent player he is. So I, I certainly consider the Elks underdogs going into Monday's game, even though Calgary's record is not that flattering either. Uh, see, and now this is, what, this is what I love about Vernon Adams. And and we had Marshall Ferguson on the show from the Canadian Football Perspective podcast earlier in the week, and he he played uh, U Sports football at McMaster, so he's a he's a student of the game. He's he's been on the field uh, at a high level. And what did I, I talked about the scoring being down in the CFL and maybe the fewer entertaining big plays than maybe what we were used to in the CFL when when I was a lad. And what, what did he say? You know, the, the, the defenses are, are dictating, and to some extent, the offenses are letting them do that by not pushing the ball to the most vulnerable part of the field. And Marshall Ferguson tracked thousands of throws over several seasons and found that the most efficient, show, efficient throw was in the middle of the field, 15 to 25 yards down the field get that big chunk of yardage. It's still a pretty uh, high completion percentage going there, but instead we're getting dump-offs, we're getting throws into the flats, and defenders are creeping up, creeping up, and saying, yeah, you can catch it, and I'm going to drill you after three or five yards, and eventually uh, you'll miss one. But here's what I like about Vernon Adams of the Montreal Alouettes. He's a little bit old school, and he just made a play, scrambling around, going off to his right near midfield, and a little bit off balance, but he chucked it down the field. And it, it was incomplete. It, it landed on about the Ottawa 12-yard line. But you know what happened on the play? Ottawa was called for pass interference. And Montreal keeps the play alive. Uh, look, I, I I, don't want to suggest that Montreal now gets a touchdown. They, they should run away with this one against the Red Blacks. And that's what I like about... Vernon Adams, and and I'm sure. Hey, if, if you're a fan of the Alouettes, he probably frustrates you sometimes. He's been a little bit sink or swim during his time in the league. Don't forget, the last time there was a CFL season in 2019, remember the Elks? Then under the previous name, went into Montreal for the East semifinal, and they didn't have a great game. The the Elks or the the Alouettes didn't have a great game. Adams didn't have a great game. I think he threw three interceptions. So you know he's he's far from polished, but. He will chuck it. He will give his receivers a chance to make a play. He will scramble around. And what you're seeing now in the CFL is a lot of quick dropbacks and safe throws and try to get yards after the catch, which can be exciting in itself. And that's always a a part of the game. I mean, uh, Terry Vaughn, who played for the, Stamps and the double E and I think he finished with Montreal Uh, you know he was he was known for that but he was often getting the ball while he was running he wasn't turning around three yards down the field and getting a dump off pass and then trying to spin around and get yardage so I, I hope as the season goes on it gets a little more wide open in the Canadian Football League Yes, we got to remember they lost a year. That's going to affect timing. That's going to affect how quarterbacks are seeing the field, relationships with receivers, all that kind of stuff. But as, as Marshall Ferguson uh, has the, the empirical data to back up what me and others rant about on this show fairly often, attack 15, 20, 25 yards down the field. And you can go over the middle. That's the, that's the soft spot. But instead, we're getting uh, safe. Don't turn it over. You know, take the fi- take what the defense gives you. And that 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 oh, I understand where that comes from. Sometimes you have to do that. I, I mean, if anything about sports is situational, you know, you can't just say, "Well, I'm only going to do this all the time." But it seems like offenses are just determined to do that no matter what. And if I'm a defensive coordinator and I hear an offensive coordinator say in the media, well, we're going to take what the defense gives you, I'm going to say, great. I'm going to design a defense that gives them four-yard passes. And then we're going to run up and tackle. And all they have to do is miss one on a drive, and at best they're getting a field. goal." Anyway, Eddie Steele is coming up. Calvin McCarty as well. He's between 7 and 7.30. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. It's Inside Sports on Chet.
2: Hey, I'm Jonathan Rose from your Edmonton Elks, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad.
1: Okay. Jonathan Rose, one of the players uh, listed as uh, COVID protocol on the Elks injury report. However, the good news is he was a full participant in practice today. Uh, I'll just give you some key names here. Darrell Walker was limited. Shai Ross was limited. Tavon Smith, the receiver, did not participate. Aaron Grimes, the defensive back, did not participate. So uh, I, I would think if you're not practicing today, Probably not a great chance that you're going to play on Monday. We'll we'll see how it looks tomorrow. Kwaku Boteng, the defensive lineman, was a full participant today. He's gone through the COVID protocol as well. So just a quick Elks roster update. You can get more on 630ched.com. Baseball, uh, athletics leading the A's. uh, Let me try that again. The athletics leading the Blue Jays 4-2. That's in the fifth. And CFL tonight in the second quarter. Late in the second quarter, it is Montreal 20, Ottawa 3. Montreal looking like they are much better than the Red Blacks. I don't think that is going to surprise anybody, including our next guest tonight, 2015 Great Cup champion and one of our Elks analysts here on 630 chat. It is Eddie Steele. Eddie,
2: how are you doing, buddy? Reed, I can't complain, man. Beautiful weekend we have ahead of us.
1: Yeah, it looks good. Weather's going to be good. And uh, some pretty important football games coming up, which is nice. Look, I'm not going to beat around the bush tonight. We'll, we'll, do, we'll do the storytelling at the end of the interview tonight instead of at the beginning. <laughs> you, you know, you, you're, you're, you're very honest, which I appreciate. You, you were on last week and said, look, uh, the, you, it's not that long since you played in the league. You still know players on the Elks. And, and you thought that the COVID situation and having the game postponed, you, you you you've you said you've heard that it's created some tension, and you you maybe think things aren't great in the locker room. Players came out this week. Uh, you know, David Beard was pretty vocal, saying, "Yeah, you know what? That's the media saying stuff and reading into things. We're fine." I guess you would expect players to say that into this in that situation. Do you have any uh, anything you want to add in your response, or, or do you want to let it lie at this point?
2: Well, you know, my only response would be, of course, the players are going to say it's okay. They're trained to say these types of things. It's not like it's all off the cusp of their mind. Coaches tell guys what to say, and coaches tell guys, um, and they coach guys how to respond to the media and certain questions. So, of course, they're going to say it's all good and that everything is hunky-dory. But the reality is, look, it's not hunky-dory. You now have to, because of the situation, play three games in seven days. I would love to hear how those players think about that because every single former player or player I know that has heard about this situation says it's absolutely nuts and crazy, the fact that football players have to play three games in seven days. So I'd like to hear what the players have to say about that. And, uh, you know, it's COVID, you can't escape it, but this situation was somewhat self-inflicted.
1: Well, Yeah, and I mean, uh, Chris Preston came out and said somebody went to a massage therapist. Maybe there were a couple of wives that were out in the community and and spread it to their husbands. Some people didn't didn't like that, though Chris was asked by many people, including me, have you found out what happened? And and the Elks believe that's what happened. Um, I I asked about uh, the the vaccination rate a couple of times, as did other members of the media. And Chris said, well, we're more vaccinated than the general populace. So, you know, we are holding ourselves to a higher standard. What what did you think about some of the words you heard coming from the president uh, of the team over the last week or so?
2: You know what? Uh, Much like yourself, Reed, you've been around this game and doing your broadcast work long enough. I've been around the game itself for nine years of pro broadcasting a little bit here. I'm still a, a rookie in the broadcasting world, but we know what to say. People know what to say and how to manipulate questions and manipulate answers to sound a certain way to the public. And, uh, you know, that's really all I have to say about it. Uh, It's not, so to speak, that guys are are lying or trying to bamboozle someone, but you can certainly manipulate your words to sound and skew a certain story. And I think there's a lot of that going on right now.
1: Well, you know, our colleague Blake Dermott said, 83% 83% or whatever is is fine, but he's he, Blake believes, and, and I'll get your take on this as well, whether it's the Elks or or any other pro sports team, another football team, the Oilers, whoever. Blake's take is that if you are a pro athlete, you have a very specific and somewhat unusual job. You know, you don't you don't work in the environment that most people work and and your actions and choices might impact your colleagues your teammates more than it might uh, in another workplace and therefore 100 percent should be the goal
2: certainly and you know what's funny about that percentage number and this is kind of an ongoing theme that i've heard and i've actually spoken to about a couple of with, spoken with excuse me uh, a couple other fellows is uh you keep mentioning uh whatever it is 83 82 uh, percent within the organization but they don't say actually Players. And it's funny because there's a lot of members in the front office and uh, administration staff that fall under that or category of organization. So it's an easy way to inflate the numbers, so to speak, uh, to sound better in the media's eye. You know what I'm saying, Reed?
1: Yeah, I understand exactly what you're saying. And also that 83% was players, uh, was people with one shot. It was slightly under that for the, for the fully vaccinated. But, but anyway, I'll, I'll ask you one more about this because it was a big story. And I had the commissioner on last night to comment. Jacob Ruby was let go by the Elks for misrepresent, misrepresenting his vaccination status. Uh, the CFL has subsequently told other teams, do not sign Jacob Ruby. I mean, basically, he's been suspended indefinitely. He has not been blacklisted from the league for life. As Randy Ambrosi said on my show last night, that he hopes that Jacob Ruby will one day continue his Canadian football career. But right now, he is paying the price for what Ambrosi called a very serious violation. Um, no, of the rules as a former player, are, are you uncomfortable are you comfortable or uncomfortable with sort of like I call that even though the league didn't call it that, it's basically an indefinite suspension
2: yeah you know what and first off i did listen to that interview as i was driving back from lloydminster yesterday and both of you guys did a great job you did a great job asking the questions and the commissioner did a really good job of answering them um pretty honestly better than i thought actually and uh, you know it's it, what ruby did was it was serious not just the fact that he wasn't Vaccinated, which everybody's entitled to their own opinion. And we, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but it's the fact that he lied about it, you know, and putting others in risking others' paychecks uh, in the process. And you and I, we talked about this in the past. And uh, if you're going to pull a selfish act like that, And if I was his teammate and you're putting my money on the line uh, and you're putting food on my kid's plate on the line due to the fact that you're going to go and make that decision, yeah, the penalty has to be harsh. I hope it's not uh, a long-term thing like Commissioner said, and I don't think it will be. I don't think he's going to be blacklisted from the league forever. But with that being said, you know, uh, the league, they'll – They'll say, yeah, he's reinstated, but he still needs to get signed just because you get reinstated and it's open season for you to sign with the club. Well, now a general manager has to sign you, and who's going to want to make that decision to sign him? Uh, so that's a whole other mixed bag of cookies that a lot of people don't think. Contracts aren't guaranteed. It's not just because you're a CFL player a general manager is going to sign you. You know, So it's, uh, it's an interesting situation. I hope long-term it doesn't affect them, but uh, all we can do is wait and see.
1: Eddie Steele checking in tonight on inside sports. I was talking about Werner Adams chucking it. Well, he just chucked a long one and it's another touchdown for Montreal. No shortage of offense from them tonight. We're late in the first half. It's now 27, 10 for the Alouettes leading Ottawa. Okay, Eddie. So you referenced the three games in seven days um, and, and, you know, Matt O'Donnell came out today and said, "Well, we're, well we got to look forward to it and treat it like a high school football jammery or whatever." So again, you know, players trying to uh, put themselves in the right frame of mind for it. Uh, but but that's tough. I mean, it's at Saskatchewan, at Toronto, NBC. Um, am I be? Am I putting on the rose clutter colored glasses and saying, "Well, at least they didn't forfeit." <laughs>
2: You know, the only <laughs> it, it sucks. There's no denying, it. and I will say this: this is the last time I talk with you on a on a sports show when I'm PVRing a game because there goes my. Oh evening. no! I'm sorry. To, I'm sorry. Way to kill it, Reed. <laughs> I'm just messing with you, but uh, yeah, you know, it sucks the fact that they have to play these games, but. I was saying to a couple guys, what sucks worse, having to play these games or missing out on a game check? And I think the reason that these games are being played the way they are is because the players voted so, and they didn't want to miss out on that game check already in a shortened season. So uh, ultimately money talks, and you know these guys need to feed their families, and uh, ultimately it's, you got to get the money. And it sucks that you got to play that many games in a short span, but would you rather – forfeit the game check which could be quite significant in a lot of guys eyes or would you play the games in a a tight period of time
1: would you anticipate that they really won't have a standard practice in that week because recovery is going to be so vital 100%
2: 100% they won't have a practice. They won't be on okay. the field. They'll be. It'll be all meetings because these are all road, road games too, keep in mind. So they're traveling and there's travel time in between. It will be meetings and mandatory cold tubs, and that's it. It's going to be all mental. They will not step foot on the field, and I would be shocked if they did. If they did, it would solely be for a walkthrough. It wouldn't be anything more.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's what I was wondering too. Man. And plus, I mean, you got you to fly and, and do all that kind of stuff. So that's, I mean, it's almost like a, a hockey team schedule for, for that week. I think the Oilers might even be busier that week looking at, at those schedules. So anyway, we'll see how that shakes out. Um, all right. So look, the, the game itself, we, we, we've addressed all that other stuff. Uh, the game itself... I mean, it's, it's important. I mean, it's always, of course, it's always important. It's Labor Day. It's the provincial rivalry. But a lot of years, the, the two teams have gone into this game already on path to make the playoffs. You're playing for pride. You're playing for positioning. I, I mean, if the Elks get swept here and are one and four, you got nine games to make up a two or three game deficit on the third place team to, to get into the playoffs. That's not easy. And, Cal- and Calgary's thinking the same thing, though it does look like BLM is going mi- to miraculously recover and play in this game
2: yeah this is a crucial point in the season and i was actually talking with dave campbell about this i mean you can't afford to lose both these games which historically has happened uh, during the labor day rivalry here Uh, because a the shortened season and you're behind the eight ball already going into these games but b that uh, that three-game stretch that we just mentioned previously, I mean, you're set up for failure during that three-game stretch. So you want to get as much steam that you can going into the, that last phase of the season. And, uh, you know, these guys, <laughs> they have their work cut out for them because they're coming off this... Long period of being out of football, not just a bye week, but totally being out, not meeting, not practicing or anything because of the COVID scare. Well, not even scare because of the COVID incident. So it's going to be challenging. And as much as you mentioned BLM, man, I'm going to go on the record and say this backup quarterback that Calgary has, he is a stud. Uh, I'm not saying he is Bo Levi at this point in time, but, man, if Bo Levi uh, continues to play kind of the way he was playing, and I know he was injured, but this quarterback, everybody's got a shelf life in this game of pro football, and uh, there's jobs to be taken. And this quarterback came out in two games previously and showed himself well. I'm not even looking at the numbers. I'm just looking at how the kid plays football, the timing, where he puts his throws, how he throws the football. And, again, it's just, as Dave Campbell mentioned to me on the phone, another product of the John Huffnagel factory, and they just keep going and the wheels keep turning down in Calgary. So crucial weekend for the boys, and uh, next week as well. The Elks really need to show up because these – are uh, must win games i will say that now they are must win the season is too short in the last three games they do not have any favorable uh, scheduling there so it's tough
1: yeah the stampeders they, they don't just have a team they have a program and they find guys jake meyer played college football for the long beach vikings and then the uc davis aggies so he didn't come out of powerhouse programs, but the stamps found him and you're right. He did look pretty good after I guess kind of the first half of his first game was a bit shaky, which, which you might expect. Eddie, you played in all three Labor Day classic series uh, that exist. you were in Hamilton, Toronto a couple times. You were in the Battle of Alberta on Labor Day uh, four times. Unfortunately, Edmonton didn't win any of those years, though in 2015 it was the last loss of the year before you went on to win the Grey Cup, and then I believe you went 2-0 as a member of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders against Winnipeg. In, in terms of the vibe at McMahon Stadium, w- when, you, when you're going through the warm-up, when you run out the tunnel for the start of the game, I want to put it to you this way. Does it feel different? I mean, I know... For, for most of your teen years and your adult life up until a couple of years ago, you played a football game once a week every summer and fall and, and you went through the routine and you kind of know went out there and did what you had to do. But did, did, was the Labor Day vibe something different, the lead up to that game and then once it got going?
2: Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot that goes into the Labor Day weekend uh, because, A, you know that it's kind of the halfway point in the season, and, B, it's the march toward the playoffs. And everybody talks about the CFL season really gets started around Labor Day, and uh, that's when teams really start playing their best. The atmosphere is always electric. There's no denying that. It's an afternoon game, so people have a lot of time to – get their uh, the pregame in, and they, they're they doing all the, the fun events out in the parking lot. And as we're pulling up to the stadium, it's already packed out there. People are grilling hot dogs and burgers, and they're already chirping you as you're coming off of the bus. Usually it's the most sold-out game of the year uh, and because McMahon Stadium, they're packing their house full of Calgary fans, but then so many Elks fans travel and make that road trip down south. So it's an electric atmosphere. And, uh, you know, you want to put on your best performance because you know all of Canada is tuning in, uh, especially with the Elks and Stampeders because it's typically always played on the Monday. uh, So that's when people have the holiday. And what better thing to do in the middle of a holiday before a work week uh, other than watch a football game, especially a provincial rivalry? So it's really hype. You walk out of the tunnel and the fans they're all over you because everybody knows the importance of the labor day classic because it's bragging rights you know be it interprovincially uh, be it within uh, two different provinces who are uh, competing be it manitoba and saskatchewan here it's the rights to the bragging rights of alberta in ontario it's the bragging rights of ontario between hamilton and toronto So it's a big deal, and you want to put on for your your city, and you want to represent the best that you can for your club. And uh, it's all about beating that other team up in rivalries. We know how rivalry games can get. They can get pretty chippy and chirpy. And, uh, you know, I'll be honest. I'll I'll say this on record. I hate Calgary. Respect them. I really respect what they do down there. They have a heck of a program, but I hate them in every aspect. And anytime I can see them lose, I, I love it. But uh, unfortunately, I haven't been able to see too much of that uh, on the Labor Day weekend games.
1: Okay, I, I'm just quickly, I'm not going to ask you to predict the Elk-Stampeders game. I, I'm going to ask you just to quickly look at one other game, because I think it's the two best teams in the league, even though, I'm sorry I gave away the score, Montreal is looking pretty good tonight against an Ottawa team that's not that great. What do you think happens in Winnipeg and Saskatchewan? I mean, I feel like I I, I, I feel like I should be sitting here and saying Saskatchewan's an obvious favorite, but you know, Winnipeg is a good all-round team. They're still the defending champs. Uh, I know they dropped that game against Toronto, but uh, I mean, man, on oh, me, I, I, I think that's a bit of a coin flip. The more I think about it.
2: It really is. I mean, both teams are really good teams playing really good football right now. I would have to give the edge to Saskatchewan just because they're playing in Saskatchewan and those fans, that atmosphere read. It is unlike anything I have ever um, played in front of. It is the most electric atmosphere. It's hard to explain, and I sit here telling you about it, and I get chills as we speak because there is not a seat in the stands that isn't filled with a butt. It is packed, a sea of green. What's really cool is Winnipeg travels really well to those games, so they have their own little section, and it's a little section of blue amongst, amongst the sea of green. And, uh, it, man, that how loud they cheer and how they, once those Pilsners get flowing in Saskatchewan, they just get rowdy, and it's just an amazing atmosphere. So i have to give it to Saskatchewan solely because they're playing at home. You know, both teams are playing some really lights-out football, though. I'm really anxious to see how Cody Fajardo can lead that offense against the Winnipeg defense because that's strength against strength. I know Sask has a great defense themselves but i think their offense has kind of been the uh, the main focal point of their team thus far they put up 30 points and uh, i don't think every if not every game two of their three games or whatever it's been so it's going to be uh really interesting to see that matchup: the sask offense against the winnipeg defense but i got to give it to sask it'll be a tight game though
1: Hey, I'm sorry I ruined the first half from Montreal and Ottawa, but a lot of entertaining plays, so I recommend you still watch it. It's the (laughs) CFL. Anything can still happen, Eddie.
2: (laughs) Thanks, Reed. I appreciate that. And before we end up here, I just want to give a shout-out to my mother-in-law. We're celebrating her retirement party today, so just want to say congratulations to you, Valerie, and we love you.
1: Right on. That is Eddie Steele. Always classy, always thoughtful, always informed. One of our Elks analysts here on 630 Chat. It is 6.54. We're coming right back. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. Kennedy's spinning some Def Leopard on a Friday night, so you heard it from uh, Eddie Steele. The, uh, he does not believe it's all hunky-dory in the uh, Elks' locker room and that, uh, yeah, three games in seven days later on. I guess we'll uh, worry more about that uh, at the time, but certainly uh, one of the stories here for the Elks' uh, season. Total uh, fluffy note, and hey, I think we got to have some fluff in the world still. The uh, Oilers uh, signed a dog today. They signed a puppy in training named Flex, a five-month-old Labrador, as part of the Dogs with Wings Assistance Dog Society. So there you go. After completing the sponsorship program, Flex will become a certified assistance dog, which is pretty cool. Get a little video there on the Oilers' website. If you like dogs, why wouldn't you? You can check that out. Oh, my. We got a horse coming up next of the Calgary Stampeders. Sounds weird. Calvin McCarty after the news. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.